my name is Israeli Barra. I'm from the class of 2023, and this is my leadership philosophy. Leadership is such an abstract concept that it's always been hard for me to define it. There are figures in my life that I recognize as being leaders, but they all have come to be revered in that light as a result of different achievements and characteristics. So I've struggled to pinpoint exactly what it means to be a leader. However, I've always believed that leadership has a strong association with morality, more specifically, using your set of privileges to create opportunities for marginalized groups to feel included and succeed. As a student from a low-income family, I'm well aware of how debilitating financial barriers can be in making decisions in almost any aspect of your life, whether it be as small as what you choose to eat or as significant as choosing which colleges to apply to, if college is even an option. I also know firsthand just how life-changing it can be when someone believes in you and gives you a chance. Therefore, not only do I base my leadership philosophy on advocating for marginalized communities, but I also try to live every aspect of my life on this principle. When it came time to apply to high school, I knew that if I were to make the decision to attend a private high school, I essentially needed to get a full ride because the cost of tuition was not something that my parents could afford. My oldest brother had gone through the application process a, few, a couple of years earlier and unfortunately did not receive enough financial aid, so he, handed, so he ended up at our local public high school. My older brother, however, did receive a very generous financial aid package, as well as help from a family that was in his class that afforded him the opportunity to attend a private high school. The disparity between my brother's respective experiences exposed just how much of an impact money can have in terms of access to opportunity, and that irritated me. Both of my brothers worked hard in school, but the difference between their ex uh, respective experiences was luck rather than merit. When I started the high school application process, my best friend from middle school introduced me to one of the most prestigious all-boy Jesuit high schools in Southern California called Loyola High School. All of the men in my friend's family had attended that high school and went on to impressive colleges, so it was almost a given that my friend would be attending and wanted me to go as well. I applied with skepticism because although the school was amazing, I knew that it was very expensive and unlikely that my parents would be able to afford it. Sure enough, I was accepted into the school and received a very generous financial aid package, but, but the remaining cost of attendance was just too much for my family to afford. Once again, I was reminded of how limiting financial barriers can be on access to opportunity, this time my opportunity, and a very good one at that. However, a couple of years back, my friend's parents introduced me to one of their friends who had attended Loyola, and this person uh, remembered who I was. Upon hearing the news that I was accepted to Loyola but would not be enrolling due to financial reasons, he offered to sponsor me, covering the remaining balance of Loyola tuition because he wanted me to have the opportunity to attend the school that he loved so much. For once, money was not a barrier to success. Here was someone that I barely even knew at the time, placing so much faith in me at such a young age and giving me a chance. To this day, I'm not sure that I fully understand just how much of an impact that this moment has had on my life, but what I can say is that this moment revolutionized my idea of leadership and compassion and can most certainly be accredited for the reason that I ended up at BC. Because I attended Loyola High School, I had access to incredibly qualified teachers, AP courses, and a phenomenal college counselor who worked with me day in and day out to find the perfect college for me. Although I worked very hard in school to get the best grades and get involved in campus, I would be lying if I said that my hard work alone led me to Boston College. Oftentimes, People claim that hard work leads to success and anyone can quote unquote make it so long as they hustle. But saying that implies that those who did not make it did not work hard enough and that is far from the truth. Most people work hard. The difference between my older brother's experience and my own was not that I worked harder than him. 
It was the fact that I was given a chance. It was the luck of meeting my sponsor and his generosity that truly paved the way for me to end up where I am today. Over the years, I've had many opportunities to talk with my sponsor, and perhaps the thing that has resonated with me the most is that he did not expect any form of repayment from me. He just wanted me to work hard and do the same for someone else in the future. Although I'm not yet in a position to financially support anyone but myself, I try my best to seek out opportunities in which I can still make a difference in the lives of people who share similar backgrounds as me. For example, Pulse is serving as a wonderful opportunity to begin the process of demonstrating belief in students who are growing up in less privileged families and attending under-resourced schools. I'm serving as a tutor for the Rafael Hernandez School in Roxbury, uh, uh, serving as in their after-school program, and it's a very meaningful experience for me. I see a lot of parallels between the lives of the students I serve and my own. Like me, these students are growing up in financially struggling families and they have so much drive and potential, but they are limited by the fact that pursuing an education is expensive. As I start to develop relationships with these students, I have an ability not only to provide help and guidance with their academic work, but also encourage them to never settle and dream big. And that's a powerful, almost full circle experience. With all that said, Leadership to me is taking your lived experiences and privileges and affording someone the opportunity to have choices, especially when they feel as though they, may, they don't have any. Ever since I was younger, I have wanted to work in medicine, but I was well aware of how much of a challenge that would be given all the time, energy, and money that needed to be invested in order to make it happen. Now that I'm here at BC, I'm starting to realize that I'm well on my way to making that happen, and it all started with someone taking a chance on me. I am finally beginning to concentrate my time and energy on the pursuit of my goals and aspirations as opposed to pondering whether or not they were realistic in the first place. And that is what I aspire to do for someone else. As a leader, I want to create space for someone else to have dreams and actually be able to chase them. Thank you so much, Israel, for sharing your insights on servant leadership and meeting people at the margins. I think we can really learn a lot from what you had to say and from your experiences. So my first question for you today is, what would you suggest to people who have dreams of doing big things and accomplishing so much in their life, but see so many barriers in the way? Did you ever have to tackle any self-doubt along the way? Yeah, so there are a couple of things that I want to uh, bring up with this question. Um, I don't intend for this to sound like corny, but you really have to believe in yourself uh, in order to start something. Um, you have to believe that you're both worthy and capable. Um, when embarking on a new venture or a project, it can feel pretty overwhelming, and you may feel lost at several points along the way, especially when the odds are stacked against you, but it's important to understand that you can absolutely do it. As soon as you start second-guessing yourself, everything that you're working towards and have accomplished thus far will, will start to unfold. Um, now, this is obviously way easier said than done, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I have never had any self-doubt along the way, because that's very far from the truth. Um, I have absolutely had my moments, uh, my moments of doubting myself and honestly questioning why I'm even doing what I'm doing in the first place. Um, for example, when I was applying to colleges, uh, I started a job in the junior year of high school to start saving up for that expense. Um, unfortunately, this job was pretty far from my house, so there were many instances where I was just so frustrated by almost every aspect of the job whether it was dealing with entitled guests or working on weekend nights and missing out on hanging out with my friends or having to take the bus home after an eight hour shift because I didn't have a ride. There were so many things that bothered me all the time. But you have to give yourself grace, especially when you're young. 
Um, it's hard to take on new responsibilities and not really have much guidance. Um, but you don't be afraid to tell yourself that you need to take a break every once in a while and give yourself smaller goals to work towards that are more manageable. For me, giving grace can be as simple as treating myself to an iced coffee before a work shift or taking a walk and putting, on, putting in headphones and just stepping away. Um, giving myself the time and space to collect my thoughts and regroup. But I also did have more tangible and realistic goals that I set for myself as well. Because when I was saving, because I was saving up for college, uh, that's not a very small bill that you're having to pay. So I told myself uh, when I would make X amount of dollars, I was gonna buy myself a laptop so that I could take better notes in school. And I did that. I told myself I was gonna buy a car so that I wouldn't have to rely on public transportation all the time to get to school um, or get to work. And I did that as well. And it felt really good. Uh, it kept me motivated and kept me grinding and it kept, allowed me to keep grinding and keep going. Uh, it gave me confidence that I needed to understand that I was absolutely worthy and capable of doing this. Um, so that's the long version of the answer, but uh, you have to give yourself grace uh, and believe in yourself. Thank you so much for that insight, Israel. I think that's really important um, to keep in mind as people continue to work through the challenges. Um, my next question for you is, how has this opportunity for such a unique and special education informed your view of the value of education? And in any way, has your education informed your leadership? So I don't know that I have fully realized just how much of an impact my experience at Loyola has changed the course of my life. Um, you know, in the first couple of years of high school, I always knew that I was attending a very good school and getting a quote unquote good education because that's what I was told. Um, but in the last two years of high school and ever since being at BC, I've really had some time to reflect on what that experience meant to me and it's quite profound. Um, I feel like I wasn't just taking classes there, uh, but I had teachers who were really pushing me to be a better thinker, if that makes sense. Um, I had a wonderful college counselor who really took the time to work closely with me each week to make sure that I was aware of all of my options for colleges and that I wouldn't, that I would apply to anywhere that interested me regardless of their acceptance rate or their, the rigor of the school. Um, I had so many resources to enrich not only my learning, but me as a person, um, as an individual, and I don't know that I would have received that had I gone to my local public high school. And so that really, really opened my eyes as to just how critical it is to have access to a strong quality education. Uh, not to be dramatic, but I really don't know that I would be sitting here having this conversation with you had I not gone to Loyola. During my senior year of high school, it's tradition for the whole senior class to take the month off of school in January and complete what's called the Senior Service Project, in which you do service in an underrepresented slash under-resourced community in the greater Los Angeles area. And that's obviously such an important and special experience for so many reasons, uh, like just opening the, uh, the students' eyes as to how privileged we are to attend a school like Loyola and showing us the importance of serving our community and allowing us the opportunity to give back. Uh, but I had the opportunity to serve at an under-resourced K-8 through school in East Los Angeles, and I think that was probably the most impactful experience I've had in terms of understanding just how crucial education uh, is and the disparities in education uh, based on where you live. Uh, many of the children in these schools come from low-income families uh, or they're first-generation college students, and they just don't have the proper support system that can push them to A, realize their potential, and B, pursue a higher education. Uh, these students are fully 100% capable and smart and hardworking, 
but they just don't have the proper resources and that's heartbreaking. Um, I saw so much of myself in these students and I saw many parallels between their families and their lived experiences and my own. Uh, so I was just very, very glad that I had an opportunity to work with them, uh, even though I was only there for a month. Uh, and I hope that I was able to leave enough of an impact to make them want to continue working and cultivate a sense of motivation to uh, keep going. And so therefore, my education has informed my leadership and that I've had the privilege to continue that same kind of work and pulse this year, uh, serving as a, a tutor for fifth grade students. I think you have a really special understanding of education and have really been able to comprehend just how much your education has impacted your life at BC and how it will continue to impact it beyond. Um, I think that's really important to keep in mind and understand how much education can determine a person's future. Um, my next question has to do with the future and I, I want to see in what ways do you plan to, as you say, create space for someone else to have dreams? So I've been thinking about this a lot lately and uh, I hope that I can slash am acting on this notion of creating space and opportunities for marginalized groups. And there are a couple of ways in which I'm doing this right now, but um, you know, obviously I'm not in a position to be uh, financially supporting someone's high school education. Uh, but so there are a few things that I'm working on. Uh, first, uh, kind of what I was talking about in the last question, uh, I'm working as a tutor for the Rafael Hernandez School um, through Pulse. And so with that, I'm still able to work in a school and under resource uh, communities and so that means that work means a lot to me and that's something that I want to continue doing even after I finish Pulse. Um, in that position not only do I have the ability to help students complete their academic work but I can also just serve as someone to talk to um, and times like these students are feeling so isolated by not being able to go to school and see their friends so I can just be someone that they uh, someone to talk to for them which is good and hopefully inspire them to keep uh, doing what they're doing. Uh, second, uh, I have really tried to be a good support system guide and mentor for the first year students in my ELP small group. Uh, I try my best to have meaningful conversations with the students uh, during our group discussions and help them out in uh, whichever areas they need, uh, whether it be affirming them and pointing out ways in which they're developing as leaders or making the large group aware of any opportunities on campus that they may like or helping them to realize not to cut themselves short when something doesn't go wrong. Uh, we're all going through such a difficult time and a, kind of a weird transition so it's important to realize that just making it through the day or the week is more than enough. Um, and lastly, uh, this year I have the opportunity to plan the medical school admissions night for the Mendel Society and this is an, this is an event in which uh, I'm inviting the deans from medical schools in the New England region to talk a little bit about the medical school admissions process um, and different unique factors that the school has to offer that uh, distinguishes them from the other medical schools in the region. And so uh, with this event, I really wanna, want it to be as accessible uh, to any, anybody uh, as possible who wants to come and learn about medical school admissions process and making sure that the voices of pre-med Ohana students in particular are heard by asking questions that address the persist persistence of racial disparities in medical schools and in healthcare in general, um, and hopefully provide some answers as to ways in which the schools are working to combat these issues. Um, so yeah.
I think all the things that you're working on now are awesome and I think you're definitely continuing that mission of creating space for someone else to follow their dreams. Um, my last question for you today is what are the biggest challenges you find to servant leadership? Um, this is a difficult question but the first thing that comes to mind is I think I have a hard time determining whether or not the things that I'm working towards are helping or if they're really making a difference. Uh, for example, one thing that comes to mind is some some weeks my ELP small group is super great, super active and participating and then other times I feel like maybe the questions that I'm asking aren't quite resonating with them or maybe they just have other uh, commitments or other issues on their mind and so I feel like the participation is down and I have a hard time distinguishing okay is that because of something that I'm doing or is that just external factors that really have nothing to do with um with my position as a facilitator and same thing goes with being a Pulse volunteer for the uh for the after school program um it initially it was very hard to get students to come to the to come to the after school tutoring sessions and even if they did come sometimes I feel like their energy was low so I uh, sometimes it's hard to uh, come to the realization that sometimes or I guess it's hard to determine whether or not I'm actually helping even though I'm like giving my my best effort well, thank you so much, Israel, for coming on our show today. Um, I think we have a lot to take away from your talk today and a lot to appreciate that you shared with your life and how it's really informed your leadership. Um, our last part of our podcast today is a little bit of a lighter question. Um, I want to get your BC hot take. Um, and the question I have for you today is, what is your favorite place to study on BC campus? So my favorite place to study, uh, it's pretty much the only place that I study, is the O'Neill Reading Room on the third floor. Um, I just think that is like the perfect environment because there's some conversation going around and some noise, but it's not distracting by any means. There's always plenty of outlets. There's a water fountain nearby. There's bathrooms nearby. Um, good lighting. And I typically always find a spot there. So that's my favorite place to study. You're going to make some BAPST um, <laughs> lovers a little upset. Um, I cannot do BAPST. <laughs> can't do it. Definitely understand. I think O'Neill 3 is a perfect place to study. Um, and I appreciate your answer. I appreciate your hot take. Um, and thank you again for coming on the show today. We really appreciate all you had to share, some of your thoughts on servant leadership and meeting communities at the margins. Um, it just really... An inspiring story um, to take away. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me.